All right, fess up. As we're going into April, as we do this one, come on, you're counting days, aren't you? I think that's almost like uh, the NCAA basketball tournament brackets. Everybody fills those out every year. By the time at least we hit April, I think the day countdown starts toward the end of school. Well, if that's you, hey, we understand. We got you. Thankfully, this year, a little better. No, a lot of better than the last two years, I hope. In the meantime, welcome or welcome back to the Your Booking Report podcast. My name again is Scott Geezy. I have been plugging away as a Jostens yearbook representative for the last 23 years. I've been a journalist for now a shade over 40 years. And again, as I've said many times, it's all about the storytelling, which is the reason I hope that we make yearbooks in the first place, right? Hopefully that's the case for you, and hopefully your year and your spring so far have been going pretty well. We've got a pretty good topic. It's a little touchy for this particular episode because, of course, of the last two plus years, which have, I don't want to say laid waste to uh, schools in uh, across the country and maybe even literally all over the world. That's a little harsh, but clearly the problems are there or the problems that were there before, we just didn't see them. Now we really see them. And the question is, what are we going to do for the future? Even if this virus situation just totally disappears, which of course is what we all want. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, Not totally, at least. But even if it totally disappeared, the damage left after these last two plus years is absolutely there. And it's probably going to take years to repair or change. That's a fact. I think, and now if you're an educator and you're listening to this, your, your head is nodding right now. You know exactly what I'm talking about. This has probably touched literally every single school out there. It has affected kids. It has affected adults, teachers and staff and so on. It's affected parents. It's affected all of us. And we can't just snap our fingers and go back to the way it was. Now, maybe in some cases, can we be blunt? Maybe we don't want it necessarily to go back the way it was. Maybe. How do we look to the future? And so we picked that for our topic. You might think, what's that got to do with your book? It has a lot to do with your book. Stay tuned. You're going to find out. Recently, we caught up with my friend Sarah Sosker. Now, if you're a Jostin school and you do your yearbook with Jostins, maybe you've not heard Sarah's name, but you have seen her handiwork on our terrific Yearbook Avenue website. She has been instrumental in a lot of the new improvements and innovations that you've seen on Yearbook Avenue, what we call the Hero Banner, that terrific feature. As soon as you log in, boom, right there it is for you with lots of great information to share. And uh, also a lot, just about all of the educational material that you see on Yearbook Avenue, a lot of that is Sarah's handiwork. And we're pretty proud of that. We're pretty proud of the educational materials that we have on the Yearbook Avenue website for any school, any yearbook advisor to use right at their fingertips. And if you keep on listening, if you're not sure what we're talking about, keep on listening. We're going to share a lot of examples of what we're talking about and why they're terrific. They really, really are. But recently, Sarah kind of changed her job. She still has some involvement with Yearbook. But she's also now one of the leaders of what we call our Jostens Renaissance effort. 
You're going to find out about Renaissance in this interview. It is, I think, a true game changer. And the thing is, it's not some new flashbang thing we just came up with recently. No, Renaissance has been around actually for over 30 years. My fancy term is uh, for folks that have a so-called PBIS effort at your school, Jostin's Renaissance was PBIS long before PBIS showed up. And you're going to find out a lot of great details about that, about how it fits in with yearbook, and we'll look to the future with sometimes some rather harsh information. So you might want to do some note-taking here. That might be a good idea. First off, though, let's meet Sarah. Now, it's interesting. What goes around comes around. Now, for longtime listeners and viewers of this fine feature, you know, this is four years. hard to believe. Once upon a time, a couple of years ago, I used to pester this lady to get me guests for this feature. And amazingly, she came through for me every time. <laughs> now, it's maybe sweet justice. I don't know. She's the guest. All right. So this is going to be interesting. Let me welcome my friend, Sarah Sosker. Sarah, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. I guess, yeah, this is some kind of a version of karma. <laughs> a good karma, good karma. <laughs> now, we're going to cover a lot of ground, some yearbook ground, some not, but it's something that is being discussed. It has to be in every school in America right now. The challenges, not just that we're facing now, but the challenges we are will be facing in the future. And then along the way, how does your book kind of, you know, kind of tie into all this stuff? Sure. And uh, again, Sarah, you and I chatted before we started talking here and, and, and we're in full agreement. So let's see how much, you know, different kinds of, of elements and ideas. Yes, we want to have some ideas that we're going to be tossing out to, for everybody to listen in. So if you're listening, you might want to have a pad and pen. You're going to be taking some notes. I can guarantee it. At some point, maybe you're going to contact your, your own Jostin's representative about, hey, I heard about this. Run with it, okay? Now, Sarah, let's start with you, because I know that you recently, with Jostin, sort of changed your role. You have a, you're, a, you're doing mm -hmm. some different things now. Tell yeah. us, let's start from the scratch, I guess. Tell us about yourself, you know, where you're from, your background. I, I, if I recall, you used to be a teacher at one point. Tell us mm -hmm. something about that. Yeah, actually, you're right. I did start as a teacher um, and I did that for a few years. I was a, a high school art teacher and student council advisor. And uh, after doing that for a few years, I uh, switched careers and became a yearbook rep uh, like you are, Scott. And I loved that job. I did it for a decade. And for me, it was a really wonderful way to be able to interact with students and teachers and uh, impact school culture. And I saw some amazing skills being built in those yearbook classrooms and clubs. And so that was really rewarding for me. But after about a decade of that, I made another switch and moved into my corporate role where I oversaw our yearbook customer experience um, for about a decade. And that included things like um, our photo contest and lookbook and program of excellence, as well as things like curriculum development, seven minute starters in the digital classroom um, and other initiatives like that. Um, I always felt like what I was doing was trying to build up 
the resources that make yearbook advising easier and also helping to recognize all of the amazing efforts that are happening in those classrooms. And so when the opportunity presented itself this summer for me to switch roles in uh, to be director of Renaissance, it really felt like the right career move for me because I feel like the yearbook customer experience was really Renaissance for the classroom. And now I get to do this culture building and providing of resources and events for um, in ways that impact the entire school rather than uh, the yearbook classroom alone. And so that's where I am right now. And Sarah, I think you are perfect for that role. I mean, you're absolutely right on. Um, now, for anybody who works with Jostens for yearbooks, you've seen Sarah's handiwork anytime you've logged into Yearbook Avenue. Uh, when we did our recent, I guess you'd call it reprogramming, you know, a couple of years ago, whenever that was, uh, the digital classroom. Sarah, am I correct? That's all you. I mean, you put all that together, didn't you? Um, my team has put that together. Yes, absolutely. And we're really proud of the, the what we call the hero banner on the Yearbook Avenue homepage, which presents different resources to uh, yearbook staffs and advisors um, through those kind of sliding ads in a way that connect people to the digital classroom. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's that's my team. Now, you do know that I claim credit for the hero banner. You know that, right? Yeah, we're, I do know that you claim credit for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. I I am aware of, of that claim. Tell Jostens to send me my residual. I'm waiting for it. Uh-huh. I'm still waiting for mine because <laughs> I locked it up a few years before you had the idea. Okay. The corporate life, folks. Believe me, uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> And I tell you, the the what you what you guys call the J classes series, uh -huh. I absolutely love. Just for folks who have no idea somehow what that is, what is that? Yeah, the J classes are phenomenal. Kristen Scott, uh, who's on the yearbook customer experience team, is a former yearbook advisor, an award-winning, very high-level yearbook advisor. She's lived the life. And she wanted to put together these flipped classroom videos so that uh, advisors can teach other advisors um, and give uh, suggestions for how to do things in the classroom. So the great thing is that these videos can be watched by advisors and some of them are for students. Uh, and then there's corresponding resources to go with them, whether that's lesson plans or uh, handouts or other helpful things to use in the classroom. They're phenomenal. And they're all hosted by, well, you sort of said it, dynamite people, top mm -hmm. yearbook advisors, our Jostens creative account managers, some folks that really know their stuff. And uh, if you work in education, you've heard the fancy term flipped classroom, where you start with a video and follow with a lesson. And if you're a Jostens advisor and somehow you've still not seen the J classes, they're all 10 minutes or less. As Sarah said, they're phenomenal. I mean, did you have to do some serious arm twisting to get people to do these? Because there's a lot. There's there's like 35 of them now. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And that's the wonderful thing about our community is we have such enthusiastic advisors who really want to share their wisdom. So we didn't have to do any arm twisting at all. They were all very enthusiastic about it um, and did a, a wonderful job. 
Now you mentioned uh, you know, your your new role is is kind of multifaceted. Part of it is still your book. Is that right? You're still doing something with your book. Correct. Yep, that's what is, right. What, what is that again? Um, my role right now is director of Renaissance Education and yearbook customer experience. So in the yearbook customer experience world, we have Kristen Scott uh, providing uh, the resources and curriculum that help in the yearbook classrooms and with clubs. And L Linda Sue Sherman, who does all of our recognition and contests. Uh, she project manages the photo contest and the lookbook and the program of excellence. So uh, it's those two people helping to provide uh, hopefully a wonderful experience for yearbook advisors and students. Now, obviously, folks, Sarah and I are biased. We think Jostens has the best educational stuff going, period, the end. Um, yeah. But Sarah, let me, I guess, how do I phrase this? Because I've been at this a long time, over two decades, and I have some yearbook advisors who teach yearbook during their class or club or whatever they've got, okay? I mean, mm -hmm. they actually teach, you know, writing and photography and design and all the elements. Meanwhile, I've got some folks that it's pretty much just show up and make pages in a book. Sure. Now, if you can tell from my tone of voice, I'm a big fan of the first one. Mm -hmm. And now you've put these materials together, Sarah, and you were formerly in the classroom, you know, mm -hmm. years ago. What is the value or the importance of actually teaching your book during whatever your book time is? Why should every advisor in school do that? Oh my gosh, Scott, I could talk on this one for days probably, but I'm going to try to boil it down. Thank you. Um, at its core, one of the reasons that I think it's so important is that ironically, I think that challenging students to learn and then apply it in their creation process actually creates uh, staffers who are more dedicated to getting it done and care what they're doing. I think that they see the purpose behind it and feel more driven to do a great job. So I think that's a really important reason for it. But then on top of that, the teacher and me really believe strongly in the 21st century skills that we're teaching from the communication and collaboration um, uh, to the problem solving that goes into it, the critical thinking. These kids truly are getting the most valuable real world experience they can get before they graduate from high school and maybe even before they graduate from college because they're running a business from top to bottom, from CEO uh, to project manager, they are uh, working with each other to figure out how they're going to meet deadlines, how they're going to track to their yearbook sales, what are their goals, where are they falling down, where they, do they need to pick up the slack? Um, and it, it really uh, requires these students to cooperate in ways that aren't required in anywhere else in high school, especially over the time frame offered by creating a yearbook. In other classes, a group project might last a week or two. This is nine to 12 months. This is a lot of collaboration, a lot of communication and critical thinking. So um, the best way to help students to succeed with that, to gain the skills that they need for their resume, is to teach at the beginning of the class. Now, somewhere we still have it out there, I'm sure. I haven't seen it in a little while. Um, we had like a sheet or a flyer that was called 30 Skills. Mm -hmm. 
uh, all right, you know what I'm talking about, um, that there are 30 skills that students can learn in a good yearbooking effort that they can use. Well, describe the third. If, I don't know if you know them off the top of your head, but what are the 30 skills? What is that? Oh my gosh. Well, I believe if you go to the digital classroom and you search for 30 skills that uh, an image will come up of that poster that you're talking about, but there are things like computer skills and interpersonal skills and writing and design and photography, um, communication, collaboration, all of that. Um, there's no way I can remember all 30 of them, but there are a lot of real world skills in there. Now, not trying to hurt the feelings of science teachers and English teachers and math teachers. I don't know if they have 30 skills that their kids learn in there that they can then go use somewhere else. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. Yeah, I no. I mean, this is such an exceptional experience. It's so much more than just putting together a yearbook. Because like I said before, you need to market and sell and track to deadlines and do so many things that aren't required in other classes. You need to use your math skills to figure out how you're doing with your yearbook sales. You need to use your English skills to write the copy and to proof it. You need to use your art skills to design. Um, it's just every single academic area offered in a high school is included in the yearbook experience. Teamwork collaboration, yeah. leadership, as in student leadership. I mean, there's so many things that, the, that students can learn in a well-run yearbooking effort. And again, free plug, if you're a Johnston School Digital Classroom has everything you need, you don't even have to make it up. There it is, thanks to Sarah. <laughs> Yay, Sarah! <laughs> I'm so glad to have her on my team, so there we go. We'll get back to more with our friend Sarah Sosker from Jostens Yearbooks and our Jostens Renaissance effort coming up in just a bit. In this next segment, Sarah's going to talk a lot more about Renaissance, what it is, where it came from, what it does, why it's important to every single school out there. And then we're going to start to tie it in with your book. How does all this stuff, what's it got to do with your book? It has a lot to do with your book. So stay tuned for more on that coming up in just a bit. And indeed it does. Uh, as you're going to hear in this next segment, yearbook, renaissance, a lot of this involves plain old-fashioned storytelling. And again, it's a major reason I'm doing what I'm doing right now. It's all about the stories. And when you think about all the kids in a school, any school, in fact, let's do a little experiment. Think about all the kids in your school. Maybe you're a teacher, Maybe you're a student and you're listening to this. Maybe somehow you're just sort of a parent or attached to the school. Think about your local school, all the kids in your school, all right, like a big giant spectrum. It's amazing. Everybody knows the students at the top of that spectrum, right? These are the so-called popular kids, the straight A kids, the athletes, the very active kids, you know, they're in a lot of clubs and things and, you know, drama club and all that sort of stuff. They're very, very active. Everybody knows who they are. Everybody in school knows who those students are, don't they? Yes. Yeah, we know the people at the other end of the spectrum. As I like to say, these are the kids that often go to the principal's office for all the wrong reasons. And everybody knows who they are. Isn't that interesting? But it's true. 
And then think about all the kids in the middle. And probably in every single school, that's the majority of the school body. We're talking hundreds. Now, if you're a big, big, big school, thousands of students that my simple description is using some rough numbers. They get off the bus at eight o'clock. They kind of float through their classes. They get back on the bus at three o'clock. They go home and that's it. Not involved with anything, not active. Sometimes I almost refer to them as ghosts. They're there, but they're not. And they're ghosts because they're never recognized for anything. And probably, even before the virus situation showed up, a lot of these kids, if they had been given a choice, go to school, don't go to school, guess which one they choose? Yeah, the second one. Like, I don't really care. This place doesn't do it for me. They don't care about me. I'm, I'm, I'm empty. I'm, I'm not here. I'm a ghost. Then you factor in the last two years. And that situation is so much ugh, worse now. Now, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're pulling out of this situation right now. Let us hope, all right, both for this spring and for the coming fall when the new school year starts. Folks, those ghosts are still going to be there. Now, the question is, what can we do to change that situation so the ghosts can be recognized? And it's possible, and your yearbook can be the big key in the middle of this. Your yearbooking effort, as I call it, is simply all about storytelling. And as I like to tell school groups, it's not just, you know, what stories are we going to tell? I think much more it should become how many stories are we going to tell about as many different people, students and the adults, as we can possibly cover. That could be in your book, would be in your book, could be in other ways, social media, you know, maybe you have, uh, you know, various media outlets in your school, school broadcast team, you have video boards, you have other things at your disposal. How can the yearbook staff tell more stories and recognize more people? Because it's that valuable. That's how yearbook starts to fit in to this entire equation. Now, if you'd like to know more, hey, don't do anything. Stay right where you are. Because Sarah and I are about to discuss a lot of this, starting with our Renaissance effort, which I hope you might have some interest in after you give a listen to this. It's really amazing, game-changing, life-changing, and I'm not uh, overstating that. Not at all. So stay tuned. Let's find out more. All right. Now, Sarah, you mentioned uh, your roles earlier. You have a second role, your new role. Mm -hmm. is with what we call renaissance. Now, I think a lot of folks out there still have no idea. They've never heard of it. They've never, even Justin schools have never really encountered this. So let's start from scratch here. First of all, what exactly is renaissance? What is this effort? Yeah, renaissance is uh, part resources, part philosophy that helps schools renew their climate and culture in a way that really transforms the way teachers and students perceive the school. And schools that use Renaissance see measurable results. Um, they see uh, better academic performance and graduation rates. They see increased teacher morale, um, a decrease in discipline referrals, uh, and they can even uh, see some increased school spirit. So uh, all the way around, it's a pretty amazing program for schools um, and the way it, it can really change the way a school operates. Now you're newly, I guess, in charge of this. 
but Renaissance has a history. I mean, yeah. this, is, this isn't some new flashbang thing we just came up with. Do no. You know, do you know the basic history? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing, actually. Renaissance started more than 30 years ago. Uh, and so it's really been around a long time. And that's one of the great things is, you know, Scott, you and I and everyone listening is very well aware that educational trends, educational programs tend to come and go really frequently. Uh, but Renaissance has been around with these core philosophies for over 30 years and making measurable differences in schools over that entire course of time. And it's been, I guess you could say it's been slowly growing and growing and growing. And then this pandemic shows up. Mm -hmm. Surprise. <laughs> and Sarah, I've got to, you've got to, I've got to think you agree with me. We need Renaissance and all the different elements of it more now than any time in those 30 years. And I see you nodding your head. So you agree with that? Oh, uh, absolutely. I think for teacher morale alone, it's really exceptional. Um, my heart just aches for how difficult this school year has been for teachers specifically uh, and what Renaissance can do to help rejuvenate a teacher's passion for teaching is um, pretty exceptional, pretty extraordinary. Uh, and so for me, it's really an honor just to be here to be able to help offer it. I'm trying to think now you and I were at some company meetings back in January. And as I recall, I think it was Forbes magazine came out with a story like right before that, I think it was, it was like a fresh story, brand new. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They did some now. All right. Help me out because you're nodding your head. You know where I'm going here. So I, tell I you, do you take it from here. What was in this story? Yeah, that Forbes article um, covered some research that showed that 48% of teachers uh, were feeling burned out and considering leaving the field. And I think it was hovering around 30% were actively looking for a different job. Those are horrifying figures absolutely horrifying. Um, so like I said, it's a, um, we're really hoping that Renaissance can help make a difference in the lives of, of educators. They're so key to our society and our, our, our kids. Now, I don't, you know, I'm in Pennsylvania, you're in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And I know from experience, you know, states are different. They're, they're different. All right. Folks in Minnesota like to say, oh, you got that funny ooh sound, which I just, I have a lot of fun with. I'm sorry, that's terrible. Uh, trust me, Pennsylvania, we have our own sounds, which are weird. <laughs> but here in Pennsylvania right now, Sarah, I, I swear we have such a substitute teacher shortage. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Mm -hmm. And you're nodding your head. Is Minnesota the same? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's everywhere. The, the teacher shortage, the substitute teacher shortage is everywhere. Mm -hmm. I have a high school that I worked with for many years. They were covered in a local story or a regional story that the uh, principal has been covering four classes in his school like every day because they don't have the manpower to cover all their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. Um, to that point, too, my daughter came home from high school yesterday and said that uh, she was supposed to get a new history teacher this semester, but they had zero applicants for the job. And this is in one of the best schools in Minnesota. So it's a highly coveted teaching position in a typical year. 
Um, and uh, if they're not getting any applicants, then I think it, it's a it's a pretty rough world out there. Wait, this is a this is a teacher job, like a full time job. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have one applicant. Correct. Not not one. Correct. Wow. All right. Now, I'm not familiar with the universities in Minnesota. I mean, I, I know the University of Minnesota. I've heard of it. All right, Golden Gophers. Um, I assume they teach teachers at colleges in Minnesota, like they mm -hmm. do here in Pennsylvania. Are uh -huh. they just not turning out teachers anymore? Uh, that's a good question. I don't have any data at my fingertips about the number of uh, education majors that are graduating currently. So the bottom line is we're staring at a crisis. And right. all right, now we were chatting about this before we started the interview. Um, all right, and you're formally in the classroom, you know, years ago. Mm -hmm. I can mm -hmm. claim I was in the classroom, although I mm -hmm. lasted an entire five months. And yeah. then I took a then I just took a job with Justin. So go, that's silly what I do that for. Um but you used the term decade when we were talking, and I, I, that kind of took me aback like the problems that folks are encountering in schools right now, you really think this is going to hang around for like five or 10 years? I mean, why, why do you think that? Well, I mean, that, I think that is really hard for me to say, sitting in my office without a whole lot of data in front of me. But what I would say is it's not easy right now for students or teachers. Um, the habits that students lost over their at-home schooling over COVID, it's tough to overcome. Um, I've seen it in my own children uh, that they, especially at the beginning of the school year, had trouble switching back into a gear where they had to show up for class every single day and get their homework done on time and um, make the eye contact. And all of those were things they had to relearn. It's one of the reasons that, like you said, I think Renaissance is so important because when the philosophies and the resources are used, you see a re-engagement in academics and you see an increased level of joy for teaching. So that teaching shortage, while it still might exist, hopefully is a little less acute because the teachers in that school are um, really engaged and happy. And I can give you an example of that, actually. Um, earlier this fall, I went down to a school in Texas who uses Renaissance a lot. Uh, it was for a workshop. Um, there was another school there as well. They used Renaissance. And both of them used the term COVID honeymoon for what it was like in school this fall. They were actually saying, now, <laughs> we don't have any discipline problems or academics because we're still in the COVID honeymoon. Things are still going really well for us. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is not what most schools are saying. No one is calling this a, a COVID honeymoon, um, but it really spoke to the power of what Renaissance can do for a school because their experience was very different this fall. Wow. I would say they're the rarity for my observations. Folks, let me, pardon my language, all right? But I mean, Sarah, I know you're going to agree with this. I have encountered so many schools and so many students, and in some cases, even some teachers that just right now they have an I don't give a damn attitude. Mm. And you're nodding your head. I mean, this is a crisis. And it makes me nervous, not just as a yearbook person, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, 
but just schools in general, I'm wondering, I mean, we're heading down the wrong road here. Mm. What do you you think? Um, I think that it's hard for me as a, as a teacher who has experienced burnout, it's hard for me to say that anyone doesn't give a damn because I think teachers go into teaching because they believe strongly in what they're going to do. And I know that you weren't saying the opposite of that. Um, but I do think that there are some days, some times, maybe some years where it's more challenging to want to do that on a daily basis. Uh, yes. Um, hopefully things like the Jocelyn's Renaissance Global Conference this summer can help. If there's any way you can get there as an educator or as an administrator, uh, it can absolutely change your life. I agree with that. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. And mm-hmm. Sarah, I agree with your sentiment, although, you, you know, you mentioned that, that I think it was from Forbes uh, story that, you know, 30% of teachers right now are, are actively maybe thinking, I'm out, I'm done, out I go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a school with a full-time position and nobody applies. That's, stun- that's still stunning to me. Like mm-hmm. not one person applied, that's, that's incredible. All right, let's see if we can kind of work your book into this. All right, so you have dual roles with us right now with Renaissance and your book. And I'm wondering, Sarah, off top of your head, how can these two sort of, I don't know, how would you say, walk the same path? Because oh. I see some similarities there yeah. uh, that your book can do some things to help school. All right, what, what do you think on that? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, at Jostens, we often say that your book is extremely renaissance because what a yearbook does is encapsulate the experiences that happen throughout the school year and show them back to the student body. It shows them the friends they made, the the academics, the clubs, the activities, the things that happened at that school that were special, their points of connection to the school um, and provides it to the the students and the teachers uh, in a way that they can touch and feel and share with each other. So, I I mean, I really feel strongly that the yearbook is an extraordinary culture building product for a school in general. Now, I know this from, again, a lot of experience. I've been a Renaissance person since I started, which was a long time ago. And a big part of Renaissance is simply recognizing students recognizing them when they do some good thing, recognizing them when they improve themselves, maybe just recognizing them. Mm-hmm. Now, from a yearbook perspective, how, I mean, what can a yearbook do in, in, besides just slapping pictures on pages? What can a yearbook do that kind of falls in that idea of recognizing students and why that's so important? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, Dr. Philip Campbell, PC, who's uh, a speaker for Renaissance on our on my team, um, he says something that I think is absolutely true. In every presentation, he says that every student wants to be seen, heard, and loved. What better vehicle for showing those things than a yearbook? Every single student, through inclusive coverage, can see that they are seen heard and loved as part of as a part of that community. All right, now let's swing back to the yearbook side. 
your yearbook experience. What can a yearbook staff do to make sure that people are seen, heard, and loved as part of their yearbook duties? What are some ideas? What can they do? Yeah, put them in the book. I mean, it takes a little bit of creativity sometimes, but through um, lots of photos, you've, you've got to plan ahead and get lots of photos, but also quotes from participants, quotes from observers. Those are ways to get people in who don't necessarily want to be photographed. Um, and so I think those are the two primary ways. I mean, I can't talk enough about the importance of strong coverage. We always talk about uh, every student should be in the yearbook three times. Yes, yes, yes. Photos, quotes, stories. I, I see some yearbooks that essentially it's the same people over and over and over again. And mm. it's the active kids. It's the popular kids. Sure. It's the athletes. It's uh, the student council members. Meanwhile, we've got this whole giant group of other people that we only see them in the book in their headshot, which they right. pretty much had to take because they were they had to go down on photo day. Sure. Um, things to get those kids in another time or two more. Yeah. I mean, I think that the best tool you've got is the coverage report there. And I would say that I'm a believer in a public and physical manifestation of that as well kind of like we say with yearbook ladders it's great to have it in yearbook avenue but the power of making a paper ladder hanging it on the wall and then crossing things off as they're submitted is really powerful emotionally and same goes for the coverage report it's so easy and convenient uh, to track it in yearbook avenue but a lot of schools also hang up uh they'll run copies, lists of all the students, and then uh, do a little tick mark next to them each time they're in the book. So they can physically see in a public way without any effort uh, how many kids are in the book and um, how many times they're in the book. That way, if you see that, you know, Scott Yeezy's in there 15 times, but uh, Jenny Johnson is in zero, times it's e it's uh, you can easily see oh my gosh Jenny's not going to feel very good about that we need to find a way to interview her or uh, get a photo of her we'll get back to our final segment with our friend Sarah Sosker from Justin's yearbooks and Justin's renaissance coming up in just a bit Thank goodness we are getting back to in-person events right now in this summer. Yay! And we at Jostens have two big ones coming up. One's about your book. One's about Renaissance. Stay tuned. Sarah's going to talk about both of those coming up in our last segment. Now, I tell you what, we are coming up to the end of the year. It's kind of sneakily catching up on us really fast. Depending on when you're listening to this, we're talking a matter of weeks. Now, if you are a spring yearbook school... Hopefully you already have planned your distribution event for whenever that is. May, start of June, mid-June, whenever that happens to be for you. And notice I did say distribution event. Distribution day should be an absolute event. Now I've been at this for over two decades and sadly most schools don't treat it that way. It's pretty much, okay, get your book, here's your book, thank you, next. And that's it. Just get out of here, you know, get out of the way. It's pretty much just hurry up, get rid of these books and get these out of here so we're done. 
Folks, uh, one man's opinion, that's not the way to do it. Think about it. Yearbook staff, you've been working at this all year long. You have poured so much work and so much energy into this product that literally lasts for life, and then you take five minutes handing them out. There's a problem there, all right? So hopefully you have a distribution event. I mean, a party, uh, a big event at your school. The schools that do this really well, they look forward to yearbook distribution day because it is a true event. I mean, everything, music, fun, maybe games, snacks, drinks. I've seen some really amazing distribution day events at various schools around the country. That is something to emulate. So if you're at a school right now where it's pretty much here it is, goodbye, I want you to take some time and change that because it's that important. If you're a Jostin school, go on the uh, Yearbook Avenue digital classroom and in the search bar there, just put in distribution and see all the things that come popping up or have a word with your Jostin's representative saying, hey, we'd like some ideas how we can really you know, expand and kind of perk up our yearbook distribution event, trust me, they're going to have a boatload of ideas for you. And if you are a summer delivery school, in other words, your books come in July, August, maybe September, depending again on your timing. If you're thinking, well, we're not in school, we can't do this. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, you can. You can absolutely have a summer distribution event. All right, think about this. You're a high school. Seniors are done. They graduated. They're getting ready to move on to whatever, college, military, trade school, job, you know, whatever whatever their next adventure is going to be. But most of them, not all of them, all right, let's be honest, most of them would love to come back one more time for some school event to hang with their school friends. Your summer yearbook distribution event could be that event. And it could be at school, could be in the auditorium, again, play it up big, 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 snacks, drinks, music, fun, all that stuff. I had a school that I worked with last year. They did their summer distribution event at a local park. And it was a great, they had a great day. It was a beautiful day. And they had a terrific time. All the students coming back, the seniors one more time, and the underclassmen, it was, well, we're getting back because we're going to start school again here in a few weeks. So they kind of reacquainted themselves and had a lot of fun and signed each other's books and so on. A distribution event should be a part of any yearbooking effort. And you can do this. It's not hard to do. It takes a little effort, but the payoff, I think, is huge. Once again, search in the digital classroom on the Yearbook Avenue website or have a word with your Jostens representative. If somehow you don't work with Jostens, all right, your own representative, or contact your Jostens representative. Say, hey, I could really could use some ideas about distribution. We want to change it up. We got some stuff for you, all right? So check it out. Something to definitely put on the April to-do list. Don't wait. Let's get back now to our final segment with our friend Sarah Sosker. So in other words, folks, there are a lot of things that a yearbook staff can do to help, you know, raise morale in school, recognize people in school. I mean, Sarah, I'm going to mention a quote here, and it, it, every time I've mentioned it here in the last month and a half, it, it really makes me think. Our friend Casey Nichols, mm. Casey, a former award-winning yearbook advisor, one of our Justin's ambassadors who we tragically lost to COVID about a month and a half ago. Real gut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Casey. I'm going to miss that man so much. Everyone loves uh, Casey. He, he had a comment that he used with his own staff before he retired 
make your book a part of school life every day. Mm-hmm. Now, Sarah, I've mentioned that to a couple of folks over, over time, and I get eye rolls like, oh, man, that sounds like a lot of work. Oh, I mean, your perspective, I mean, that's doable. How do we make your book a part of school life every day? Yeah, I mean, I really think that one of the keys to life is habits. It's not necessarily hard to do. I think a lot of the times things feel like a heavy lift because we've procrastinated. When things are a consistent part of your daily life, it tends to be a lot easier to get them done. So if you always have a camera around your neck or it's your habit to go out and get three quotes a day from each student uh, on your, you know, each student on your staff needs to go out and get three quotes or whatever it is that you need to do to meet your own goals. As long as you're just biting off these tiny little chunks every single day, it's going to make it much easier and it won't feel like a burden. And by the way, your students are going to feel seen, heard and loved. That's perfect. I love that. That's that's terrific advice, folks. Absolutely. If you're note taking, that's one. All right. That's some <laughs> great advice there. Now, before we wrap up, let's swing back to Renaissance because you mentioned it earlier. We have an event coming up in mid-July, which has recently had a name change. Mm-hmm. And we actually have not done this in-person event for three years. And so veterans like you and me, we're like, I, I don't know about, well, yes, you are. We're pumped for this event. I can't wait to get all these folks and new folks back together. What is this event in July? What's going on? Yeah, actually, Scott, can I tell people about both the Global Conference and about JAU? Go for it. Okay, great. So I'm going to start with the Jostens Renaissance Global Conference, which is July 18 through 20. And Somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 educators and students get together in Orlando at the Caribe Royale this year, exchange ideas. We have two amazing keynote speakers, Ron Clark and John Paul Gonzalez. Um, We have a pep rally that models how to recognize every single student on your campus so that academics are um, recognized just as much as athletics. Um, It is just a a heart-filling and informative three days. Uh, So that's what the Global Conference is. It was formerly called the Jostens uh, Jostens Renaissance National Conference, but we changed the name this year to recognize the fact that Renaissance really is a global movement. We have... um, schools all across Europe and even Asia and Africa and Canada who use Renaissance and see success from it. Yeah, we have folks coming from all directions now, which is- Absolutely, we do. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Yep. Now this, uh, let's see, let me see if I have my dates right. July 18, 19, and 20. Mm -hmm. And for folks that want to, I guess there's a special leadership like academy event, which is right before that. What is that? Yeah, the Special Leadership Academy is an add-on, and it is a day with uh, activities uh, with uh, a speaker that help your leadership committee really bond and learn to start communicating together. Uh, It makes a much stronger team out of your your leadership group. Now, folks, this is something you've absolutely got to check out. Uh, Website is jostens.com slash 
JRGC22. Right. That's right. Sorry, I interrupted you. Justins.com slash JRGC22. There you go. Just say it over and over and you'll memorize it. That works. <laughs> All the information is there. Um, registration costs. Um, we've been to the Carib uh, Royale Hotel before. Fabulous hotel. It is. Are we allowed to say this out loud? Now, the Monday evening we're there, there will be a group event. And oh, yeah. You're going to need mouse ears for the group. Yeah, it's true. Yes. Yes. We will be going to Disney that night. Cool. That's just cool. And so, folks, again, again, Sarah, what we kind of echoed before, these last two years have been extremely rough on schools. And I, if I simplify and say students have learned a lot of bad habits mm. and a lot of, of uh, just, I, I, was, I was harsh, maybe. I don't give a damn attitude. That's harsh. But on the other side of the coin, that's what's happening. If you're looking to change that at your school, this is an event you need to attend. Uh, yes. You know, mm -hmm. Sarah, I actually wonder if we're going to max out. And you don't, am I right, Sarah? You don't have to be uh, just in school to come to this thing, right? Oh, no, absolutely not. Anyone is welcome. We're all in it to help any school. Now, very quickly, I, I'm embarrassed. Um, you mentioned JAU which mm -hmm. we call Justin's Advisor University, which is also something we haven't done in person in three years. All right. Now, this is a yearbook thing. Tell us about that. It is. JAU is amazing, specifically for yearbook advisors. No students at JAU. And it's all about not only developing a community with some incredible people, but also refreshing some ideas. And if you're new to this, or if you've only had a couple of years, or most of your experience has been during a pandemic, building up the project management and motivational strategies to use in your classroom. It can truly make such an enormous difference in uh, how smoothly your yearbook production goes. I highly, highly, highly recommend Justin's Advisor University for every yearbook advisor, whether you are brand, brand new or you've been around 30 years. Now, as I recall, Sarah, in the past at least, we've always done JAU at the same place that we've done the Renaissance Conference. So mm -hmm. do you have any dates? Am yes, I correct? we do. It's going to be at that hotel, correct? Yes, it is at the Carib Royale in Orlando, and it is July 13 to 16. It is the best thing you can do in the summer in order to make your school year go smoothly. All right. So folks, watch out for information on that, probably from your uh, Justin's yearbook representative. Mm -hmm. And if you want more information on Renaissance, just go to JostinsRenaissance.com. Boom. There is Boom. a giant amount of information there. You're going to be like, whoa, this is cool. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Again, if you need more information, talk to your Justin's representative. They'll be happy to talk to you. Really good stuff that is really needed right now. I mean, Wow. Mm -hmm. All right. One more question, Sarah, then we're done. And it's my favorite wrap-up question. Um, I'm going to be curious for your answer because, again, you're a Justin's person, but you were a former teacher in the classroom. And that is simply, you know, what, what is some advice that you would give yearbook advisors like right now? We have some listening. What is some advice either for, you know, we're, we're at the tail end, if you will, of this school year, but we're looking ahead already to next year. And as we've mentioned before, a lot of teachers are just worn down, burned out. 
what is some advice if you could sit down with some of them like right now what is some advice that you'd give them sure well my first piece of advice is maybe easier said than done but pull up the bootstraps buckle down and get that book submitted it, if you haven't met your final deadline yet and you have a spring deadline, get that done as quickly as you can because you deserve a break. Then after that deadline is met, go home and take a nap. Don't think about anything for a little while. <laughs> Just take a week off from, from thinking about your book. Let your kids relax in class a little bit. Uh, but then I would really start recruiting for next year and set, making a plan uh, so that you're off and running uh, as soon as the school year starts next year, whether that means going to a summer workshop or JAU or setting your theme and choosing your cover right now, making your marketing plan. The more you can do right now, even if it takes a, a little bit of strength, even if you're not um, really motivated to do it right now it's going to make next year feel so much better so as long as you're on a roll just keep it going and get that stuff done take a nap <laughs> <laughs> and take a nap i tell you what i really scott i really believe in the a finish line is important you need to cross the finish line get that final deadline and be like we did it take a little break and then started the next marathon but that nap in between the nap um is you just need to reset reset the brain get a new start a fresh perspective actually i agree wholeheartedly mm -hmm. um i think a lot of teachers this last year or two have been going to bed early every night because we're all kind of worn out which yeah well i think one of the hardest things about this is that it feels like it's like it just keeps on going like there i would love to with this pandemic it kind of felt like okay at the beginning of this last school year we're starting fresh and this is going to be great and then as we got going it's like oh no i didn't realize this was actually like a, a 52 mile marathon not a 26 mile marathon i guess i have to keep jogging even though i spent all my energy last year and I think that's one of the hardest things about this. So if, if we can create a finish line here and then restart again fresh, I think it'll go a long way. Actually, those folks that do the so-called Ironman triathlon, I've always uh -huh. thought they were insane. Uh huh. That This does kind of feel like an Ironman triathlon, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a surprise Ironman. Yeah. You signed up for a marathon or even <laughs> when you went into teaching, you signed up for a 5K and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and you're like, okay, I can run a marathon. And then you found out after the marathon that it was the Ironman. And somehow you still finished, although after you did, you took a nap. <laughs> you took a nap. At least that's what I would do. And all eat right. a donut. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's a plan. Sarah, <laughs> I appreciate the time. Uh, a lot of us are looking forward to the conference in July. That's going to be amazing. Um, again, folks, JostensRenaissance.com. Look it up. Great information. See if you can come. Ask your principal for money. They have some. Okay. Don't let them say, oh, yes, they do. They have some. Find it's a culture way building money. There. And if you can, bring kids. 
I mean, kids are what make that conference go, Sarah, right? I mean, if oh, absolutely. Um, about two thirds of the attendees are educators, but those one third of students add just a little extra spice that makes it fun. There you go. Sarah, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Scott. Once again, a big thank you to our friend Sarah Sosker, who shared a lot of great information. I think some good advice there at the end there, because even though we seem to be pulling out of this virus situation finally, there are still a lot of stressed out people out there. Stressed out teachers, right? Yep, head nods. Stressed out students, yep, they're still there. Stressed out parents, yep, they're still there. Uh, administrators and school boards, uh, you see the arguments at school board meeting, yep, they're still there. So we still have work to do, but I tell you what, our Jocelyn's Renaissance effort can point your school in the right direction. And our global conference in mid-July, I have been there multiple times, it's an event not to be missed. You don't necessarily have to work with Jostens to go to this event. All right, you don't have to do that. Jostens.com slash J-R-G-C-22. All the information is there. We're taking all comers until it maxes out, and we are expecting it to max out this year. So if you have any interest, check it out sooner rather than later. We don't want to run out of space and let you out. It's an amazing event, and your yearbooking is part of that. So let's make it so. We really appreciate you listening. Thanks again for listening to the Yearbooking Report podcast. Mm-hmm.